Hi everybody and welcome to part two of uh, our deep, not deep dive, but our dive into the history of bad technology, Colin. We decided to cut last week's episode a little bit short so we could split it into two. Yeah, we have. We have done that and that's why we are doing this little intro to part two before we jump right back into the action. So rather than just listening to us try to justify our actions, let's just get right back into the pod with that's part two. And if you have if you are on Patreon, you will have had a bonus episode and you'll be getting a bonus episode soon. So, uh, 10 pence a day, patreon.com forward slash long term memory. Keep your money. Keep your money. money. Bye. So, how do you how do you go on, Jack, with voice recognition when you phone a company? Voice recognition in itself is getting much better. So, not as bad as it used to be. It's still a bit of a pain in the arse and it still kind of turns me off when I, I phone a company and it says, please describe your query and you go, build query and it says something else. It's annoying as fuck. But generally voice recognition, we were at a, a thing the other day with the work and there's a thing called Type Talk that's come out for uh, Max and it's really good at like dictation basically. Yeah. And it takes out all your A's and ums and stuff like that. So voice recognition is getting better. And I think within, maybe even now, but within a couple of years, it's going to be nearly 100% accurate. and It won't be a thing that people worry about. At the moment, it's still pretty annoying with the accent, but I don't have as much of an issue with it now as I did years ago, like with... Uh, the famous Burnliston sketch. Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. Like even the even the Sky remote picks up everything when you just press it and go Ricky Gervais and it'll bring up all the Ricky Gervais stuff. It's it's much better than it was. I'm I'm um, I'm too far away from it now, so I'm, I don't get to play with it anymore, which is a shame. But we just got voice recognition stuff in work where the guys in the contact centre can now log into this voice recognition software. They could choose like they could choose you as a person, Jack, right? And then search all your calls where you've said, I don't it's know. AI, said, yeah, that's what it is. Sorry. Where you've said a certain word, basically. And they can then that brings all those calls to them. So it's some of the stuff's mad that you can do. Like, huh. I'm not in contact centers anymore, but my coaching people and helping develop people would be so much easier back then if I could have looked at basically every call where you've said the word, I don't know, the word mortgage. And then I could just I would hear every conversation where you've tried to sell a mortgage, basically, mm-hmm. rather than just pot luck and listen to random calls. So that would be quite good. So I suppose yeah, it is, it is getting there. Um, just all to do with the uh, storage, like where they they store your conversations and they hear that I say the word um, potato wrong, potato, but they know that I say potato, potato. <laughs> yeah, specifically right. to me. So when I say potato next time. They just know that I've got it wrong, and they they fix it for you. The the other big one that's that's coming out, and we did a, we did a conference in work a couple of years ago, was um, when you phone a big company. Eventually, um, if, if that company's big enough and it's got enough staff, they'll automatically, from your voice, put you through to an agent that sounds like you. So if you're if you're like a fin, <sighs> if you've got a Newcastle or Geordie accent, you'll go through it another Geordie. And vice versa, basically, to help you understand better and stuff like that. Because it used to be, I can't remember the order, but it used to be, like, to deal with a complaint, you would get a Scouse accent, 
or whatever, and then to escalate that complaint, you would speak to a Brummie accent because it's more calming. And then to escalate that again, you would speak to a Geordie. There used to be like a, a running thing, but now it's just mirroring your accent, basically. So yeah. you speak to an Glaswegian and you feel better about yourself and life. <laughs> you, just, you just go, fuck's sake! Fucking hell, mate. <laughs> yeah, Come on, fucking hell. Uh, Shit, my skies went off. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you recently, Jack, tried to play a two-player game on the PlayStation or Xbox or anything like that? Uh, no, the last two-player game I played was the Jailescape game with you, mate, about two or three years ago. Oh, right, okay, yeah, we did that online, basically, in each other. We were in our own houses, though. Yeah, but um, I've not played a, like a, an in-person two-player game or an online two-player game in years, man. No. Right, in-person two-player has went back decades in terms of playability. Like, the what you need to do now in some of these games to play a two-player game when you're both in the same place... Basically, say you turned up at my house, you'd have to bring your controller, right? We'd turn on your controller, we'd have to find your profile on the Xbox or the PlayStation. Right. If you've not got a profile for that game, you need to set that up. You might need to put your email and all that in. Accept terms and conditions. There might be an email validation thing. And then assign that profile. So you're talking about five minutes or something before we can even start playing a game. I, I, I do kind of remember like playing FIFA years ago at a pal's house. And even then... you you would have to sign in as a guest profile on a, a second controller to, yeah. like, set up the buttons or whatever. And even then, every time you signed in as a guest, it would be, like, a standard, like, circle to shoot, which is just backwards to me, so I would swap that to square to shoot. Yeah, PS controls. Yeah, yeah PS controls, basically, so... But again, that that's just one forcing everybody to buy a fucking controller that wants to play it. Or the person that owns it to buy a second controller so other people can play it. Again, it's just a money-making exercise and it's just going to become the norm for gen wires or whatever they're fucking called. I need to have an Xbox controller and I need to have a PlayStation controller in case I go in my pal's house. Yeah. And these profiles mean that they want your data, so they want you to log in, they want your email address and everything like that. So it's yeah. annoying. Um, Tesla cars, mate. Would you ever get a Tesla? Eh, uh, probably. If I could afford one, maybe. Like it would be, it would be in that genre. I'd imagine of BMs, Audis, Mercs. Are they in that sort of range? Um, yeah, maybe top of the range. I'd say that. I think the cheapest Tesla gets like forty-eight grand or something like that. So it's so probably no, a, a little bit higher. That. Yeah, yeah probably so probably higher. not, but. I would get one in the sense that it's the most futuristic car on the market, basically. How would you feel if you were up in the morning, one of the days you're in the office, right? You're running late, you've just grabbed a bit of toast, you jump into the car, you go to start it, and it says, sorry Jack, please wait 10 minutes, car requires software update. Oh, you'd be fucking furious, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 so, uh, but again, but surely it's that's all headed towards... 5G being the future, and then 6G eventually, where you can so, get you just your car's connected to 6G, and you can download 800 gigs in 10 seconds. Yeah, that's what it's already. aiming towards. Surely yeah. that you just it just automatically updates, or as soon as you turn it on, all that gigabytes is downloaded. So that's what they're aiming for. I think that it's like the the future today, basically. It'd be a pain in the arse, yes. 
especially if you didn't have a 4G connection or you had to fucking plug it into your router or something like that. <laughs> annoying as fuck. <laughs> but, um, one of the one of the better ones actually is QR codes at iBrooks. Um, so now quite often you either scan your card, which is like a QR code, or you can get a ticket, which is a QR code ticket, and you just scan that. Um, obviously, there's been smart ca- smart cards at the football for ages, Jack. But um, see the last game of the season at Ibrooks. Hmm. Um, I'm queuing up to go in my turnstile, right? And my season ticket wasn't working, right? So I'm tapping it, doesn't work. Tapping it again, doesn't work. And I can't, I can't realize what's going on. A queue of people start appearing by me, and it was two girls that were behind me, and I saw them kind of looking over to see what was going on. Me, I was tapping my debit card on the machine. <laughs> You're right? an old man, and, fuck's sake. I genuinely almost died, right? I felt like such a dick, right? And I tried to, like, laugh it off. I turned around to the two girls by me and went, bloody hell, I'm using my debit card here, what an idiot. And then they, they, they did a little giggle sort of thing. I used my season ticket and then got in and walked up the stairs. I got up the stairs and the two of them appeared behind me and they, they kind of smiled as they walked past me and I just thought, they think I'm a fucking dick. Well, uh, yeah, you're an old man. Come on. <laughs> it's, be- it's because my Monzo card was blue. That was the problem. So it was a blue card that I pulled out of my wallet and made the mistake. Nice is bright orange, so. Uh, I've, got, I've got Monzo Plus, so I get a blue card. Yeah, I was thinking about the Monzo Plus thing, and then I looked at the benefits, and I kind of thought, what, like, just having, like, an extra fucking button on your app? It didn't seem like there was much there. Can you sell Monzo Plus to me? Um, why, why I would pay, what is it, £6 a month? I think it's £5 a month. Um, £5 a month. I like it because it lets me bring all my other accounts into Monzo. I can use, I can look at balances in different accounts and stuff like that. Right, well, I've only got one account, so I don't need that. Right, cool. Okay, uh, it lets me make a fake debit card for buying stuff online. After talking about security, I suppose that would be quite a good thing for me. Right, okay. So it's good for like, see if you're signing up for something, it's a free trial. Right. You can generate a fake debit card, which only works once. It basically gives you the numbers you put into that website, and then those numbers will never ever work again. So that website can't keep charging you. All oh, right, no, that that's brilliant actually. So I don't sign up for a lot of free trials, but yeah, just to make sure you don't forget to unsubscribe. Yeah, or even yeah. if it's a website you're not sure about, if it's, you think it might be dodgy, or you're, you're just not fully confident, you think right, I'll buy this one thing off it. You generate the fake debit card, you put that in. It charges you the £10, whatever it is. And then you know that website can never use that information again because it doesn't exist anymore. Well, that's so that's, I quite, I quite yeah. like that about it. Um, and just things like... so. I, I very rarely carry my cards about with me now. So even I'm buying stuff online, if I've not got Apple Pay or whatever, I quite like I can go into the Monzo app and it brings up my card details for me. I can view my card number. Yeah, you can't do that on the phone. Yeah. yeah, And just put it in without having to go and get the card and stuff. So yeah, Monzo Plus is worth it, mate. It's good. Plus you get you get a shiny blue card, which means it kind of makes you it's kind of a step up from your your pinky orange scumbag level. So yeah, my level, know. yeah. And I think if you pay twenty pound a month, you get a you get a silver card. Alright, okay. But I don't think you need that. I think you get like you get mobile phone insurance and um you get mobile phone insurance and car insurance or breakdown cover and all that with that, which I don't need. No, I don't need it. Well. I was going to say I don't need any of that shit, but within the last month, uh, I've went to the Tesco garage at Silverburn, uh, pulled in, filled my car with diesel, put the key in and it stopped working. Uh, my ignition barrel had went, I didn't have any insurance, 
any sort of breakdown cover. I phoned up AA. I said, can I take out breakdown cover? I went, yeah, of course. If you want to get called out today, but it'll cost you 150 quid. I went, right, okay, yeah, fuck that. Bastards. Luckily, this, it's like serendipity. Luckily, like uh, my stepboy Josh turned up to take a, like he's not a mechanic or nothing, but he, he brought one of his pals who had a bit of mechanical knowledge, looked at it, and he kind of went, Nah, it needs X, Y, and Z. And then a recovery vehicle drove in behind us to get petrol. And the guy that was with Josh knew the driver of the recovery vehicle. And he went, Let's call him Davy. Davy, can you recover this? So instead of paying, I think, M8 recovery, we're wanting 160 quid to take my car from the Tesco garage to the garage. This guy charged us 30 quid to get it there. That's pretty good, man. That saves a fortune. Yeah. And then last week, on my birthday, um, I'd been driving my mum's car for the last couple of weeks. I went to the garage and I put petrol in my diesel car. <laughs> I can't believe when you said this the other night, man. I feel yeah. awful. And um, I, I tried, to, I tried to fucking shook it out myself. Like I phoned Carl and I said, uh, "Get your your nephew to come down and bring a couple of hoses." Tried to shook it out. I was stoned, mate. I was hanging petrol fumes for fucking about hell. for I about, didn't really done that for about two or for about two minutes. I can kind of get why people buzz petrol because I was kind of stoned for two minutes, but <laughs> I was unstoned and then eventually phoned the fuel doctor. And this guy came out with his machine and emptied it for me and still cost 150 quid for a 10 worth of petrol bar or diesel. Fuck, man. Oh dear, that's not good. That was rubbish, that was rubbish. Right, let's quickly batter through uh, famous tech failures. So this th- this isn't like shitty tech, this is like, it's pretty good tech, but because they didn't capitalise, basically they failed. So the okay. big one would be like the the big couple would be Napster, for example, like that sort of peer to peer stuff. The technology there is used so much nowadays, but because it decided to deal in uh, copyrighted stuff, it eventually failed. It did, yeah. I mean, I remember using Napster. I thought it was the best thing in the world, but it, brilliant, yeah. it it didn't ever make the company any money, did it? So, well, no. The the guy's a billionaire, a multi millionaire that started it. I don't know how yeah. he made his money. Uh, that's so they, Sean someday. Yeah, Justin they tried Timberlake to go, in the film. <laughs> yeah, they tried to go legit for a while, and then I think they, they made a bit of money that made them to kind of, they were able to then invest in other things. They invested in Facebook and stuff, didn't they? Um, yeah. But Napster itself is completely dead. It, it, it didn't last that long. I remember Napster was good for a while, and then I moved over to LimeWire. Um, yeah, that was even worse. That was the fucking Wild West, man. You had no <laughs> idea what you were getting. No fucking idea. So I remember on LimeWire, um, I downloaded an episode of Lost. Um, I think it was season one of Lost. And I was downloading that on a T1 connection, so it was flying down. Downloaded it, started to watch it, and it was the very first episode of Prison Break. It wasn't Lost. It was season one, episode one of Prison Break. Right? I was like, what the fuck is this, man? But I sat and watched it. And I was completely hooked by Prison Break. Right? Right? And it was actually it was actually a thing that they did on purpose. Because um, people were downloading piracy and so much, so much TV and stuff back then. They actually made a decision to falsely put stuff up called different things to get right. to get your eyes on stuff. And then I, w- I watched like fucking six seasons of Prison Break after that. Yeah, um, the, old Prison Break was brilliant, to be fair. Yeah. It was brilliant. A big teabag and all that. Yeah. Um, Black, Blackberry, mate. Massive. 
massive. Yeah. You must have had a black at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackberry, a, a BB pen and all that sort of stuff. BBM me. Um, however, a man called Steve Jobs came and killed them. Well, that's it. AOL as well, massive. Basically the internet provider. How did they sort of lose their their space? Because I think Netscape comes up later, which is kind of similar. But it was so. One of the things that happened was they 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 were partnered with Netscape for a long time, and also AOL had their own internet browser. And to use the internet, you had to use the AOL browser. The same with Netscape, you had to use the Netscape Navigator. Oh. And eventually, like other other browsers came out, and it became easier. Hmm. And other companies came out that were cheaper than them. But at one point, AOL were. Fifty percent of all CD-ROMs in the world were AOL discs. I used to get sent them. Just yeah, they were sending them to everybody. Thirty yeah. hours free trial and stuff like that uh-huh. um, to get online. Um, but they just became like everything else. Other companies come into that field and offered the same thing for less money. Well, that's kind of what's happened with a lot of these companies, like uh, Pan Pilot. Do you ever mind? Did you ever have one? I don't think you will have. I think maybe we're even maybe a little bit young to have had a pan pilot. Yeah, I didn't have one, but I remember Jack Bauer had one in 24. Yeah, so that that was like the first technology where you got like everything, in inverted commas, in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, but again, they, they didn't sort of capitalise on that. You had Betamax. Um, they were obviously up against VHS. The next one's pretty interesting. Yeah, on Just, you go. Do you know why Betamax failed? No. It's because the porn oh, yeah, industry porno. chose VHS. Yeah, porno, yeah. Yeah, porno chose VHS, and that was basically the thing that tipped it for them. Because um, yeah. I think if you look at the two of them, Betamax was actually the better technology. It was better picture, it was longer play, everything like that. It was better, but porn picked VHS, and that was the end of it. That was the end of that. Uh, going back to General Motors, uh, the General Motor released a car, an electric car called the EV1, uh, available between 1996 and 1999. So this was an electric car. Um, they didn't sell them at the time. They... Hello friends, Colin here. The looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content. Lease them and I think there was about two and a half thousand people managed to lease an electric car but General Motors decided back in 1999 that electric vehicles were far too niche so they stopped oh, doing them. Dear. Well, you know what they probably were then. You know what I mean? They're probably they were right. then, but, but if they'd kept, if they'd kept, if they'd kept kind of working on it, working on it, that would be your Tesla. Yeah, nobody Tesla. would have heard of Elon Musk if yeah. General Motors had kept going with that. But they binned it twenty three years ago. So uh, covered Netscape's Windows eight was an R one that sort of failed. MySpace as well. Did you have a MySpace when you were younger? Yeah, I hated that prick Tom. I hated him. 
he's a bit of a cocky bastard, but I don't know. I don't know if, how fake or real this is, but like he's on Twitter, I think. And if people ever slag him, all he ever kind of writes back is, "I sold MySpace for eight hundred million dollars. What are yeah. you doing?" <laughs> but he automatically made himself your friend. Yeah, but if you never had any friends, this this wasn't a case of where you could search by email or phone number or anything. You had to like go in and start searching for Jack Shaw. You had to like search for them, know who they were. It wasn't yeah. a case of like your email and you automatically get added. So to have Tom there with his wee look over the shoulder thing, he's a fucking billionaire basically. So like yeah. <laughs> bastard. Uh, Alta Vista, mate. That was kind of like a shite search engine, wasn't it? Yeah, shite Google. But again, back then, twenty seven years ago, it was what Google is now. But they uh-huh. didn't know what to do with it. It was a search yeah, engine. They didn't know what to do with it. Uh, Google Glass that never really took off. Nah, but that's that's kind of getting a resurgence now because it's. Basically, Snapchat have got their own glasses out now. Ray-Ban have got glasses now where they've got cameras built into them. It's just like the Carol Pilkin thing again, what he spoke about years ago. He's like, I'd like a pair of glasses where you could put it on and be a different reality. Yeah, so they're on the way. Apple are working on a pair as well. Have you seen Have you seen the new... Like, I don't have Snapchat, but um, Josh does, uh, my stepboy. And uh, the new filter that makes it look like people are crying. <laughs> yes. It's fucking uh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I've, I've seen it on TikTok as well. It is very, very good. It's very realistic, actually. Yeah, because it was recording me the other night and I was talking about, like, I think I, I like I, I dropped my sausage in the floor or something. And I was saying, fucking, I was frying these sausages and I picked up and I dropped my sausage and he showed me the video and it looked like I was in streams of tears because I dropped my sausage. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked it looked absolutely brilliant, yeah. Yeah, it's um, scary, isn't it? It really is how they can just manipulate your face like that. We've got the, I don't know if you remember this, uh, the Roker, so the R-O-K-R E1, released back in 2005 in partnership with Motorola, which was actually the first phone that was pre-packaged with iTunes, basically. Yeah, it was awful, though. It was, it was horrible. Pish. It really was, man. Like, my pal had one. Um, I remember him having one. Wasn't it great? Uh, it wasn't good, but hey, it was from that small acorn that iPhones grew, so it, it worked in the long run. But yeah, Motorola, it's, it never really worked for them, sadly, with phones and stuff like that. Um, and the iTunes was just, it was too early. Wasn't ready for it. Yeah, segue, we'll get into that in more depth in a minute. Now, this was on uh, this list that I found here was on Time, mm-hmm. uh, Time.com, uh, Time. The, the magazine Time, basically. And they argued that in the top five should be QR codes as being a failed technology. They're fucking everywhere. So, I'll tell you what, if I tell you what, right, because I actually, I've been doing a bit of work recently in my, in my actual work with uh-huh. QR codes and basically putting QR codes on websites and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, QR codes did completely die. Nobody wanted them. They were hopeless. They were rubbish. People didn't know how to use them. What saved hmm. QR codes, Jack, was the pandemic and um, restaurants and stuff using QR codes for menus because what that basically did was introduce QR codes to a generation of people yeah. that would never know how to use never understand them. Now, yeah. now, like your mum and dad could go to a cafe and they know to look at the QR code to get a menu 
and now they're coming back and people are using them. We're, we, but, but, we've just changed the App Store buttons on our website to QR codes instead now because it gets stuff to your phone quicker. But but has there always been the, like now cameras can take pictures of QR codes? Didn't you used to have to have a QR code reader? Yeah, you had to have a separate app on your phone, which yeah, did which so read it. But Aye. now the phones have basically built that technology into the camera app. So yeah, so that helps as well. So that helps a lot. Yeah. So I'd argue that that's not failed yet. And I get, I don't know who invented them. Is that guy now fucking rolling in or whatever? Like I after don't know, thinking, actually. after thinking, oh fuck, it's disappeared. Thank uh, a guy called it's a guy called Quentin Rogers. So that's why it's called QR codes. Oh, is that why it's called QR? Nah, I just made that up. <laughs> you cunt, man. You could have just let that lie there and Simon would have been, oh, it's not Quentin Rogers. <laughs> nah, I don't even know if Simon listens to Wrong Term Memory, but... Oh, he definitely does. Can yeah, you had Pebble uh, years ago. Smart, yeah, smartwatch, yeah. Yeah, before, obviously. Again, there's a common theme here where people invent technology and then Apple and Samsung just come along and make it better. Uh, the word Samsung's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that, that sentence, but yeah, I get your point. Right, okay. I don't know what Samsung, I don't know what Samsung have ever made better, but Apple certainly do, yeah. Uh, I don't have a Samsung, I never have, so I still kind of want to stick up for them, but because they are <laughs> a lot of the time fucking miles ahead of Apple and then Apple just like tweak it a little bit and See, when when I worked for a mobile phone company, right, we had um, we had Samsung coming to visit us one day, and it was people quite high up in Samsung, of the European version of them anyway, and I had this boss that was an old woman, right, and she was a bit doughty, and I convinced her that the guy that was coming from Samsung was the guy that was like the higher up that started the company, and his name was Sammy Sung. Right, okay. So did she... And she literally believed this until the day they arrived. She was waiting for this guy to come called Sammy Sung. I uh, thought you were going to say she went, Hi, Mr. Sung. No, no, I still, yeah. we didn't let it go that far. <laughs> I can hardly get you sacked. Probably, <laughs> um, I. She was all set up to meet a Mr. Sammy Sung. Yeah. That seems like something that should have took off. Uh, the Daily, which was a news corporation back digital newspaper basically that came out on Apple but never really took off did you ever have the news app, they've still got it have they not? So yeah I pay for Apple News, I've got Apple News subscription actually it's probably how I get most of my so news you're, through Apple so News So you're keeping this alive basically, well, is this not, the same thing? No, It's not the same thing because it, Apple it's, Apple's, it's Apple's got <laughs> their own news network and then they've also got other news agencies that can basically feed into them the problem with the daily was that it was News Corp backed, and if you're trying to tap into that generation who are digital first and mm. want things digital, they don't tend to be the type of people that read a News Corp publication. Oh, so that's fair kind of where that went wrong. Yeah, you had MapQuest years ago, um, before Google and Apple Maps sort of took over the the sat-nav stuff, which we will get to in a minute. I don't remember this one, 1995, so long time ago, a long, long time ago. Nintendo's Virtual Boy, which was like a, a VR type thing. Don't yeah, ever remember it at all. I'm not sure of that one either. It doesn't ring a bell to me, mate, either. It's weird. But they, they had, like, I seen a picture of it and it's the same. It's like the goggles that you put on. So all the stuff is there. Now, from what I can remember from reading the article, the, the guy that invented it in inverted commas just couldn't get the technology right. But what he did do was sort of send the world on a path of VR 
Oh well, fair enough. Then he's done. So that. he's kind of sent the sent the world that way, um, but just couldn't get the technology right. And then the last one here, something that I can kind of remember coming out, which was a TiVo. Yes. Where so for people that don't know, it was like basically a a digital recorder, basically your Sky Q. Back in the day, you had to buy this thing. You would set set it up to record things, and they still supposedly release some of the the best sort of set top boxes. The company's on the list not for the reason that they're like because I think they're second behind Apple or they're second behind Sky maybe in America for like DVR and stuff and recording stuff, but they didn't take over when they could have. Yeah. Because the, back uh, in the day, yeah, on you go, mate. I was going to say, yeah they, yeah, they were they were one of the first big ones, and it, it became it became a verb basically to TV right. something. Right. Um, they, however, they, what they basically did was rather than improve improving yeah. the offer, they leased out their technology to other companies. So, if, see if you've got Virgin Media in your house here, Virgin Media actually use a TiVo box, um, but it's all branded as Virgin Media, right? Rather okay. than I never knew TiVo. That. And they were just getting basically marketing fees rather than come and get TiVo. Um, and that's kind of where they fell apart. So, and in, in America, you had all the other big American satellite companies that eventually took over them. But they were the first ones that let you record live TV, rewind it, all that sort of stuff. They, they created that technology. Yeah, but a lot of cable companies back in the day, American cable companies, like basically copied their, their technology, their DVR, their TiVo technology. And instead of TiVo like shooting shit right out of them and saying you can't fucking use that, they tried to like build a deal because at the time they were kind of reliant on the TV providers almost giving them permission to record. Pretty much, yeah. So they were they shut the bed instead of just yeah. pushing it. Yeah, too cautious. Um, Jack, I've got an idea that I want to just run by you. I'm going to call an audible live during this recording, right? Yeah. Um, so this episode has been on now for 58 minutes or so, right? And we've got a section still to go on Famous Tech Nightmares. Um, I think Famous Tech Nightmares should be this week's bonus content for our guys on Patreon. Yeah, 100%. Um, yep. So we will, we will keep recording, but this Famous Tech Nightmares part will be bonus content for guys on Patreon. So if you want to hear more about it, and it's about people getting caught cheating on their wives because of technology, some stuff about segways and a fridge that went rogue. If you want to hear about that, then you have to join us on Patreon. That's it. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash long term memory. You'll find us there from as little as 10 pence a day. You get it early, ad free. You don't need to hear about pies anymore. Right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. But uh, plebs, normal listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, cheers, guys. Bye.